Hello everyone. Here we are in the Old Testament again this morning with the prophet Habakkuk. Um, Habakkuk's heart is breaking. He has been praying and praying for his people, his country, but things keep going from bad to worse and he is beginning to question whether God is even listening to him. How long, Lord, are you not listening? He knows that God is good and he wants his people to live in a way that makes God's nature known to the nations around. But just listen to Habakkuk's anguished prayer. Violence and injustice are all around him. He cries out to God to act and nothing changes. He knows he's praying in line with God's revealed will for his people. They have the Ten Commandments and all the law of Moses to live by. So why does God not change them? Why does God not change the situation? Why does God not answer Habakkuk's prayer? How long, O Lord, must I call for help? But you do not listen, he says. Well, now take a look at verse 5. God has been listening to Habakkuk all this time. And here is his answer. He's going to do something that Habakkuk could never have imagined. Something you would not believe even if you were told. God is in control after all. And in this situation, change is going to come through the Babylonians. God had reached out to Israel at this time again and again, but each time they slipped back into old ways and turned their backs on him. Now God was indeed going to act in a big way. We know from the perspective of history that the Babylonians would conquer Israel, carrying most of the population into exile, for 70 years in fact. They would come back a changed people in many ways, with a renewed determination to follow the law of Moses. Ultimately, many of their descendants would begin to discern that Real change would only come, would only happen, with the coming of the Messiah. God is indeed listening to Habakkuk, but the reply he gives and the action which he ultimately takes are beyond anything Habakkuk could have imagined. God says to Habakkuk, watch and wait, watch and wait. So, what about prayer, Christian prayer? What about our prayers today? In your imagination, fast forward a few, a few thousand years to a Sunday morning in a church hall in Yorkshire. A young Sunday school teacher sits with her group of small charges as the leader welcomes everyone and introduces the theme for the day. She holds up a big picture of traffic lights and invites the children to explain what the different colours mean. She says that prayer is a bit like this. Sometimes God says, yes, that's the green light. Sometimes he says, wait, that's amber. And sometimes his answer is, no, that's the red light. Well, perhaps that thought seems a bit simplistic to some adults, but it made a, a big impression on the young teacher and it stayed with her all her life. And yes, that was me. It seems to me that explanation is entirely consistent with scripture 
and with that aspect of prayer which we call petition or intercession. And it also delivers us from looking at prayer as a kind of divine slot machine. Enter the right formula of words and you'll get your desired outcome. Well, not so, not so. Prayer is a relationship with God. He wants us to talk with him and how he answers or responds is for him to decide. Some of you may know of Pete Grieg's um, prayer course. He's a respected Christian leader and, among other things, he reflects on the issue of apparently unanswered prayer from his own experience. His course is free and available online, eight sessions of about 20 minutes each, in the form of a conversation with his friend, I think she's called Penny. It's very accessible. He looks at different aspects of Christian prayer. And one session is about unanswered prayer, which is what we're kind of thinking about today. And it's something which it seems Habakkuk puzzled over for a long time. If you do have online access, I, I thoroughly recommend this. But I'm also, um, I'm also sure that you remember from the church news sheet that Peter's written a number of books on prayer, which Sue recommends. And she is inviting us to read one of those with her over the coming weeks um, and um, discuss it together in the Wednesday evening small group. Um, that sounds great. Um, one of um, Pete Grieg's books is called God on Mute, um, the third edition, which is another one of his works that Sue um, also recommends. God on Mute. Many of us, too, know the pain of this experience when God seems silent. And these resources that I've just been talking about say much more than is possible in a short talk today. Like Pete Grieg, Habakkuk knew how it felt when God seemed silent. So when God says no to our prayers... How do we respond? Sometimes God does say, no dear, to something for which we ask. This can bring considerable grief or disappointment and we can't gloss over this. We may feel angry or distraught and we don't understand, but that does not mean God has abandoned us. He sees the bigger picture and his arms are open wide to bring comfort in our pain. Our tears are not hidden from him and we can find shelter and comfort in the shade and protection of his wing, his loving presence. St Teresa used to tell her nuns when they faced such a situation to imagine Jesus sitting on the chair in their room and to go and sit at his feet, rest their head on his lap and let their tears be their prayers. He sees, he understands. Remember that Jesus too knew the pain of unanswered prayer when he cried to God his Father in the Garden of Gethsemane and from the cross on that first Good Friday. He understands. But what about when God says, Wait, not yet, but wait. This is what God said to Habakkuk, Watch and wait, and see what I will do in time. God will answer in his own way at the time he knows is right. 
The answer was not what Habakkuk was expecting and it did not come immediately. It can be incredibly difficult to have to wait for God's answer. Sometimes we don't yet know if the answer is to be no or wait. It's so easy to become impatient, fretful, anxious, experiencing anything but the peace of God which passes all understanding. So how might we wait? I think we'll hear more of this in the coming weeks, but here are a couple of thoughts to be going on with for now. Perhaps it's helpful to remember that sometimes change happens in the waiting. Think of Joseph in the book of Genesis. From an early age, he had some idea of God's call on his life. In dreams, God had already spoken to him, yet he was still a rather spoiled and arrogant, unwise youth not yet ready for his life's work. He then had a terrible time for some years. Sold into slavery and unjustly imprisoned, he spent much time working in the prison and just waiting there for someone, someone to remember him. Yet he still looked to God and he emerged a wiser, gentler, kinder person able to save the nation of Egypt as well as, uh, as well as his own family in a spirit of forgiveness. It seems that in the waiting time, God was changing him, making him ready for all that God was going to call him to do. And sometimes in the waiting, it helps to try to live one day at a time, savouring the day and thanking God for each day as it comes along all the while resting in God's presence in the here and now. Maybe it can help to write out some words from scripture that remind us of God's love and stick this on the fridge door or over the sink or put it on our phone. I do believe the key to waiting lies in giving God quality time in our lives. Remember how Mary of Bethany chose to sit at Jesus' feet listening to him rather than being busy busy all the time slowing down, taking time to soak in the scriptures and in the presence of God is hugely important in walking with Jesus. Learning to listen to him, to recognise his quiet promptings in our heart, understanding what to pray and waiting for his perfect timing. Sometimes making time like this can be difficult to achieve we know that um, moments every day may not always be possible, but perhaps we might manage an hour a week on a Saturday with maybe a bit longer once a month, maybe half a day or a whole day. Time on the bus or sitting in traffic can also be spent reminding ourselves of God's presence with us, especially through some much-loved words of scripture. It's all too easy to listen to the world around us, saying that the busier we are, the more important we must be. Walking with Jesus, on the other hand, means that being with him comes before any service for him. And this is key in knowing what we should pray, waiting for God's answer or for God's perfect timing. Someone once said, God's clocks keep perfect time. Habakkuk too was learning to trust God's timekeeping. So don't give up. God does want us to bring our prayers to him. 
Christian life and biography is filled with examples of God's answers to prayer. There is much in the Bible about bringing our requests to God. We pray according to his will and his ways revealed in scripture. And like Habakkuk, we learn to be persistent in prayer. Remember, through the Lord Jesus, we are invited into a relationship with God. He wants us to come to him with our needs and requests. He wants us to rest in his love and to learn to listen for his answer. He is able to do way more than ever we can ask or imagine. A lifelong adventure. Amen.